everyone welcome back everybody to the show welcome back to teak talk where we talk a little bit about anything and everything i'm your host montique and today we're going to be talking about something that's been on the public conscious for a good bit now we're going to be talking about some free speech now i was alerted to this because of the discourse around twitter bringing back andrew tate kanye west and donald trump among others to his platform after them being banned now a lot of people agree with those decisions however there's a lot of people that didn't but in each case, one thing being brought to the forefront, and that's how many people are saying that the First Amendment rights are under attack. Now, usually somebody will be online and say how Twitter is violating their First Amendment rights. Then there'll be a response about how Twitter is a private company and they can do whatever they want. And around and around we go. Right. Pretty sure you've seen it a million times. So first of all, I think it's important to know exactly what the First Amendment says, what it means, why it was the First Amendment. And then let's go from there. So let me get my glasses on. Oh, wait, I ain't got no glass. All right. So here's what the First Amendment actually says. It says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or of prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Like always, I like to focus on the why. Why is this the First Amendment? Just think about when you moved out of your parents' house. And think about if you were to draft up a set of rules for your new place. The first rule you would have would be basically a total rebuke or whatever rules you didn't like about your parents' house. It's just the way that usually goes. The same happened here. This was a response to almost 200 years of state-sponsored religious conflict and oppression in America. And because of a lot of the people who were fleeing Europe for America were doing so because they were escaping religious persecution. So they made this amendment saying that the government can't promote one religion over the other or restrict whatever religion you want to practice. And also they can't restrict your speech either or lock you up for shit that you say. That's what the whole thing was about. But in terms of free speech as people want it to be, whereas you could just say whatever you want to and face no consequences, that is a myth and that has never existed. Your free speech has never been free. Now, like I said, some free speech absolutionists as they call themselves believe there should be no infringement on this right meaning you should be able to say whatever you want no rules or regulation on it at all now for obvious reasons that's not even realistic because if you were to ask those people what are their thoughts on charles manson because he never killed anybody but he coerced people to do so in his name it was locked up for it he was guilty of incitement also if you walk into a bank and you say to the teller that you're robbing the bank and to give you all the money in a till you'll be arrested for that because that's speech integral to criminal conduct. What I'm talking about is even in the Constitution, there are categories of unprotected speech. And those categories are incitement, true threats, fighting words, obscenity, defamation, fraud and perjury, and speech integral to criminal conduct. And I already gave examples of speech integral to criminal conduct. But let's say you get up in a black person's face and call him a nigger. Well, that falls under what they say is fighting words, and that's not protected either. And you can legally get your ass beat for that. Now, I could go through them all, but the gist of it is this. There's never been a such thing as absolute free speech ever. Just like you can't say bomb on an airplane without getting locked up. You can't say whatever you want. And just think everything is sweet. It don't work like that. And it never has. Except at one time, there was a place where free speech was rampant. Where you can say whatever you wanted and have a say in damn near anything. And that place was early Twitter. Now, people get in hot water for some of their old tweets all the time now. But back then, 
it was a snapshot of what people really thought. Yeah, racism, homophobia, underage jokes, you name it, Twitter had it. It was a place you could speak your mind unfiltered and post your hottest of hot takes. It was a place you could tell your dirtiest joke and get likes or threaten your least favorite politician without repercussion. Twitter was the haven of what people felt free speech was supposed to be. And then it changed. It's important to note that these things tend to go back and forth like a pendulum. So you swing wildly one way, then wildly the other way. Take Twitter, for example. As Twitter got bigger, so did the sponsors and certain things began to get censored because obviously there's certain things sponsors don't want to be associated with if they're giving you their money. So Twitter began to moderate more and more. And with that became the last of quote unquote free speech. More people came under fire for things that they said or posted even years before and speaking your mind to a certain extent was driven underground. What spurned from that was what we now call cancel culture. So now if somebody digs up some bad tweets you said a while back, Someone will post it and, sp- and it spreads like wildfire with the outrage and that person can lose endorsements, jobs, even their livelihood, even if it was years and years ago. It's common now to see a video of a fast food worker doing something nefarious and the first thought of that being to post it online and send the hounds after that person to get them fired. And as such, Twitter turned from a place where you can have absolute free speech to a place where you can mobilize an entire army of like minded people to rally for a cause. And that groundswell of change could be felt on the global scale. People could influence businesses to fire you or force your apology just by suggesting that you are problematic based on old tweets. So the pendulum swung the other way. And in 2016, the United States decided to elect Donald Trump to office. And why is that? Well, he said he's going to speak his mind openly and and he doesn't care what anybody says. And for those people who couldn't or have been canceled in a sense, they rallied behind him as their champion, all because he was raging against the purported machine. So then their superstar was born, not because he was good, but because he emboldened the people who felt like they were silenced and behind him, they had a voice. That's why he resonated with the people he did, because they also felt like they were being pushed down. And the more the media pointed out all of Donald Trump's shortcomings, the more his base rallied around him because it wasn't about if he was good or bad. It was about the fact that he was one of them. And thus his entire presidency became the hero's journey. That's why when people talk about him, they don't talk about his policies or what he did on a global scale or even for the country. They just mentioned the witch hunts, the radical left, everybody was out to get him. All these arbitrary things that have nothing to do with what the man actually did in office. So essentially, he became a mascot for people who felt they lost their voice. So they made a man who was very flawed, but who spoke his mind, the leader of the free world. But like I said, the pendulum swung again. And what happened next? Just eight months into Trump's presidency, the Me Too movement was started. Many women felt enough courage to come forward and tell the world about the horrors they went through in Hollywood, entertainment businesses, and just the workplace in general. And something happened. People started listening. Obviously, the biggest cancellation during this time was Harvey Weinstein, who was one of the biggest Hollywood producers in all of history. Other people that fell during the, the Me Too movement were R. Kelly, who's now in jail, Bill Cosby, who should be in jail, comedian Louis C.K. and Pixar's John Lasseter, who stepped away because of accusations coming from the Me Too movement as well. People were emboldened to call out their abusers. And to some people, that was a way of taking back their power that had been taken away from them involuntarily. Then it became niche. The Me Too movement became the speaking out movement, which targeted professional wrestling business. Even where I live, there was an Alaska list that started on Twitter itself in which a user started posting names of alleged abusers. So as you can see, this is getting to smaller and smaller groups. 
At the start, it was calling out everybody. Then it went to me, too. And then it dialed down and down. Suddenly, things like unwanted hugs, kisses, gropes and distasteful jokes that were accepted norms and only whispered about in the break rooms were common knowledge and called out for what they were. So now the urges to do those things was replaced by a fear of what would happen if they dared to do that in the future or if somebody was bold enough to recall when they had done it in the past and out them for it. Now the big bad wolf was running scared Now these men didn't fully know what they could or couldn't do because culture changed. And some women in these workplaces felt more comfortable going to work without fear of having to deal with unprofessional behavior or comments because now people were listening. And all because of a place like Twitter, where one 280 character post could rally an army to your cause. The results in his face is a better workplace with less sexist, racist and bigoted jokes, more action movies and shows with strong female characters. But while all that's going on, there's something simmering underneath. And it's that men started feeling lost suddenly you just can't roll down your window and cat call somebody or give an unwanted compliment or even start dancing the woman in the club they haven't invited you over the alpha male was feeling like the prey so what happens after that and what way did the pendulum turn then andrew tate the self-proclaimed top g he went against the grain and said what many men were feeling that they were bred to be strong and masculine and they were meant to be providers and protectors but he paired that with saying things that most reasonable people would find to be misogynistic. And he, too, got canceled along with the diet version of himself called Sneeko. And those same men who once felt lost began to feel angry at the system and blaming them for violating those First Amendment rights. Even though, as we already established, that's not a thing on Twitter. But if you look at Andrew Tate and see how many people were closely following his message, you'll see there's a lot of people out there who are like minded to that. Suppressing Andrew Tate on social media doesn't end that. So why did Tate become the most searched person on Google? Because of free speech. During times of need, people will either band together and find a voice through community or find a leader that stands above the rest. That's why you have one side that have communities like Me Too and Black Lives Matter who look to bring together communities of people who feel like the world at large don't hear them and bring their grievances to the world in a united way. And on the other side, you have people who feel like they're silenced or suppressed, so they go to whoever's making a stand in that moment and latching on to them, hoping to validate the voice they believe they lost, which leads to following people like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, and Andrew Tate. The ebbs and flows of these situations rises and falls depending on who's feeling unheard in the moment. So how do we fix that? The easy answer is to create community where everyone is heard where even the wildest of opinions are given validity to prove right or wrong without immediate judgment. Even the bigoted things people may say, spend time with them and figure out what their position is so they can understand yours and you can both come to a common ground. I told a story in an earlier podcast about Daryl Davis, who's a black man who seeks out clan members just to have a conversation with them and spend time with them. And over time, he got over 200 members to turn in their robes after showing them that we aren't so different after all. And that's what it takes. Empathy, patience and understanding. Somebody might say something messed up. But like I always say, it's always more important to find out why they said those things than to just focus on what they said. Gaining an understanding is paramount to finding common ground, because without that, we're just on two separate ships going in opposite directions to the same destination and that's all i have for today but homework for today since we're talking about freedom of speech is to think about something 
you've been wanting to say and get it out in some way. Leaving things unsaid is one of life's many regrets. So say what you need to say and don't hold it off a minute longer because it's better to be two hours too soon than to be one minute too late. Now I'm going to get out of here, but I've been your host, Monteek, and this has been Teak Talk. Be kind to one another and be good to one another. And you can find me online on Twitter, TikTok, and IG at Monteek D, where I don't post often, but I post just enough. Y'all take it easy.